We are back. We are live. Back and live. It's been so long. It feels like it feels like it's been so long. But you know, it's me, Young Grass, on the Draft Season Podcast, coming live from where I usually come, Queens, New York. I got my player partner with me, Sean 5K. Talk to him. You already know what it is. Black Twitter's number one fantasy sports show is definitely in the building. And we back, you know, so it's a week before the NFL draft. So we definitely have to do, um, you know, take care of the homework and cover everything needs to cover. Um, got our, got the homie Denzel on the show, co-hosting with us today. Denzel, what's going on, my guy? What's up with you, bro? Not much, man. It's outside, we outside, you know. Talking about these running backs. I'm ready to go, man. I'm excited for this draft next week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, we got, we got, we got a lot of um bases covered on today's show but yeah man had to had to bring out the heavy hitters to uh to join us on today's show um shout out to jersey the podcast man like like i say every show man we only bring on people who i got a lot of respect for in this content industry you know a lot of people who who are pushing things forward and and just doing great things in this whole space so i definitely had to reach out to the homie jordan um to have him come hop us on with us um definitely see him on the destination debbie show produce um, and on the graphics team for that side, they do a lot of great work. Also part of the Blue Wire family. So shout out to Blue Wire, shout out to Blue Wire Hustle, as you know. Um, and, and Jordan also, you know, has his own pod. Um, but Jordan, like I said, appreciate you hopping on the show today. My brother, what's going on? Also, another international guest, you know, touching down from Dot from the 6. Yes, sir. Um, Jordan, welcome to the Draft Season Podcast. What's going on, my brother? Thank you for having me, man. You know, we were chopping it up pre-show, getting all the laughs out early, but I'm sure there's plenty to come. Hopefully some more good stories, too. Raz, I don't want you to hold out on me, man. If, there, if you got some more stories for me, I'm I mean, here listen, for it. That's, I got all I night, bro. I, I told my girl I'm going on a podcast. I don't know I'm going to be done. I told the homies, like, yo, just let me go. Yo. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's get into some shit tonight, bro. Let's have some fun. We're not going to mess up the political connect, though. We're going to keep we're going to keep all things right <laughs> and make sure we're not messing oh, up yeah, no yeah. bags and nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nah, no, I mean, sir. Listen, no, sir. Uh, I know you knew around here. So about 24 minutes in, I'm going to take an edible. And that's when right. things are going to spiral out of control. And that's where we get, you know, <laughs> some of those laughs in. bro. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm here. I'm about it. I'm about it. All right, man. So yeah, we got we got the homie Jordan Richards on the program with us today. Um, so yeah, we we always start you off with this, Jordan. And Jordan, like I said, Jordan's coming from Toronto. So this one actually like really stands out to me because I wonder a lot about just like the sports experience and, and how things because you think about sports in Toronto, you think about you know what I'm saying you think about hockey in the NHL, like that's one of the first things that comes to that's mind. That's the only but, thing. Yeah, but you know, like over the past couple of years, you've seen that Toronto actually has a flourishing and a growing sports scene just outside of also hockey. So, um, you know, growing up in Toronto and Canada, what were, what were your earliest sports memories and and um earliest you know you know events growing up playing sports and all those things of that nature? Canada in the building, South the Coop goes, man. <laughs> It's funny, man. Like when I think about my earliest sports memories, because my dad is a massive football fan, they really are for the most part football. Like that dude, every Sunday he's locked in to the, to the NFL. And so for me, that's kind of where my journey started with just liking sports in general. You know, I went to a few Raptors games, you know, you go to Blue Jays games. Um, One of my oldest memories, which I don't even remember when it happened was actually going to see Dwight Howard in the playoffs go Mm. 2020 on the Raptors. Um, so that that was I remember that, was that series. Crazy. Yeah, I remember that series. Like back when he was on Orlando, bro. Like, yeah, you don't realize how big Dwight Howard is until you see him in person. Shoulders, bro. The like shoulders. Twenty rows shoulders. up. Yeah, like young Dwight, crazy, like crazy, crazy. But yeah, other than that, man, like it's just mostly football. You know, watching at home. I watched some baseball. Seen some pretty cool players come through. But honestly, man, like Toronto sports up until the last few years have been pretty whack. And so, but the parade <laughs> though. Yo, that's what I want to talk to you about. Crazy. That's what I want to talk about. I'm talking about like, I think it was like six million people were at that parade. (sighs) At least, at least three or four. Like there was a time there was it was so bad you couldn't get cell phone service. The parade started like three hours late. But of course, like Drake was on one of the floats. So people wanted to see him and all the players. And but that was probably the craziest sight I've ever seen. But I think if the Leafs won the cup, it would probably be crazier, which is like nuts to think about i got a just a sec like a related question because i've been to toronto you know we go to we went to ovo fest we went to all of that like so we see yo how can you afford that though can you can you please explain to me how you Hennessy afford money to the money man it the is Hennessy so money. expensive it's a, it's a yo, you like, know look when we went now when we went like to do the, you have a connect <laughs> 
Like I need to know, bro. Like I didn't know. I know people that pay. To. I know people that pay like eight hundred dollars <laughs> for the weekend because yeah. it's it's you know it's like four hundred dollars a day to go there. And yeah, I get it. Like there's dope right. artists, but man, I'm not trying to spend that to go see Drake. And then Carabana is also up there that weekend. Yeah, so, I think it's, it's never, the weekend before. Usually, it's, it's not the, the three times I went. It was the same weekend. Yeah, oh, so yeah, three yeah. times veteran, veteran, Romeo, <laughs> Fest, Carabana, and then y'all had that day off after whatever it is. I forget whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it's like a. Holiday. It's literally it's called like, a civic holiday. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's like basically like Memorial Day, <laughs> not Memorial Day. Yeah, but, uh, it's the, we have one of those shits. Yeah, but, that um, random holiday in August. Everyone's down for. Long story short. Oh, Labor Day. That's what it's called. It. So long story short, um, we're basically, we're just out there. So I've never seen Toronto as Toronto. I feel like every time I go there, it's a mixture of everybody coming in for the hype and everything yeah. like that. So I, I, is is it as lit as that time? Like, I just need to know because, and is Drake really the God he says he is in Toronto? Because oh, I don't want yeah, for well, sure. One, one for question. Sure. It's well, not that lit all the time, but yeah, even yeah. for me, like I like I like I told you guys before, like I'm outside the city, so I don't go down that much, but it's yeah. still pretty crazy. Like I lived in Ottawa for a few years, which is like kind of a normal size city. Going back to Toronto, I'm like, damn, bro. Like Toronto's actually huge, and there's you know tons of shit to do there. Like there's always things going on, whether you're like downtown or you're kind of a little bit on the outskirts. I'd say it's pretty close, it's pretty popping, but Carabana is like you know i mean you've been there so you know like it's an it's a whole thing like people from new york they come up to go there and to me that's crazy because you don't expect people from the states to want to come to canada to like just party and shit but again that's drake's pull right he brings everybody i'm pretty that's sure lebron's right. been there before yeah, and shit. like it's yeah, crazy. No, he a LeBron year. That's, that's what i yeah. wanted to ask you yeah, LeBron, yeah, man, nah. crazy. yeah that LeBron when, we about, when we talk about drake man i always wondered because like people grew up and i i mean i'm not gonna like drake is you know, he's a superstar. He's the biggest, one of the biggest acts in music. But I always yeah. wonder, because whenever I talk to anybody from Toronto, I always love seeing their their POV, because Drake was really like a, a grassroots story of how he grew from, you know, a budding, you know, actor to, you know, one of the biggest acts in music. So what was your, like, as somebody who grew up there and, you know, the same time age as us, what was like your first memories of, or your first interactions with, with Aubrey Graham? that's that's hard because i don't think i was on him the way that some people were like my first time i remember listening to him is i forget the song with trey songs but i'm pretty sure i saw it on bt um and i was like one of the first (laughs) successful yeah so that was like one of the first times i really got into him deep and then you know you get into so far gone and you know i take care all this stuff and i've loved him ever since i mean i kind of think he's going downhill a little bit if i'm being honest but that's just my <laughs> you're, own you're the second drake. drake fan who said that on here <laughs> but who, what did they say though what did they say their favorite album no i mean just about it just about the art going down a little bit and, like for and, me and, it's but, nothing was the same like way at the top and then like everything else is kind of just how you feel about that denzel down. oh uh i think take care is probably my favorite drake project but I'm not okay, the biggest so you, Drake you, fan, so you you you're in your I'm feelings. That's okay. Guy. We accept that. You know, you like that <laughs> that sad stuff. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Sad, I like bro. it. I, no, like, it, it, it I remember like, it, the it, funny it, thing is, is I don't remember who the guy was. Like some random blogger, but some dude did like a massive blog on Take Care, like song by song, and just ripped it apart. And it was like the know, funniest uh, thing uh, I've oh, ever Ghostface, read. Ghostface, Ghostface. Yes, it was Ghostface. Yeah, <laughs> yo, I still remember reading that, that. when he ri- that really when he ripped Drake, apart "Take Care." It was the funniest thing I've ever read, and I just remember him yeah. calling it like the moist towelettes of. Something. Yeah, 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 no, it was it was <laughs> the moist. That dude, hates I, he hates him. But I remember reading that. I was like, "Damn, like this is cold." Like I can't believe he actually wrote all this shit. Like oh, that man. was funny, but yeah. we go spiral. We we usually do this towards that. Let's get into the running backs first before we spiral. <laughs> we're back. Oh wait, yeah, but now before 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 we. Before I thought we're we talking artists. On. What happened? Yeah, no, we As, go. We go. Are we talking football today? Oh, hey, sure. I mean, I, I mean we could go the whole show without talking about football. Like, I mean, oh, well, how do you make, can that's we, what we do I, here. I gotta clear the air. I gotta clear the air though. How do, you live in Canada? How did yes, sir. Come your thing. My dad mostly. How, my dad a, yeah my my dad watched I, I a ton of football I, I don't even like hockey bro like i just don't like i don't fuck with it like that i never yeah. really have i, I like <laughs> the nba a little bit never got into it i don't i don't love and the problem is like these fans bro they're irrational in toronto like i don't know about you i mean nick we, fans we live you know, in yeah, you can't, everybody's you can't do anything about that but you know it's not much different here 
for with Leaf fans, bro. Every year is their year. Every year doesn't matter. You know, Nick fans finally they lost hope, but now it's back. It's wow. back, right? <laughs> yeah, some hope they, again. Uh, but like New York, New York irrational. What a fans, time! What a it's time! On, it's on two two different spectrums. Like it's like because the Yankees are irrational because they expect to win every game. The Mets are irrational. The Mets are irrational. <laughs> got money because we're used to pain, and we keep we be getting comfy. Like yo, this this spot doesn't feel familiar at all, and then the pain <laughs> happened again. Knicks fans is always there. Like Jets fans, we we're irrational people, man. Like we don't. Yeah. There's there's nothing rational about being a sports fan, and that's why it's called a fan because it's a fanatic. Like you there's nothing rational about this shit. Yeah. Nothing at all. No, nah, it's, it's, it's painful. <laughs> it's a painful. It's a painful habit, George. Is like be careful what you ask for. But yeah, he's staying. Um, trying to get the the ship on um track a little bit more. Oh, uh, all right, Jordan. So yeah, tell tell the people. Like I said, shout out to Destination Debbie and all the great stuff you do a little bit yes, over sir. there. So tell the people about um Destination Debbie and and what they could um check out the channel, what they can expect from over there if they don't know about it. If you don't know about Destination Debbie, you know Ray focuses on a lot of younger prospects, whether it's sophomores, rookies, guys in college. Basically prepares you for your rookie drafts. Uh, we focus a lot of our content on the college game. We also do player profiles of guys coming into the NFL. And so a lot of it is just preparation for Dynasty, you know. So if you're not into Dynasty, you're not into Devi, go to Destination Devi. You can check out all of our content on the rookies, the younger players, whether they're in college or coming out. Uh, we try to keep you locked in for all those younger players so you're prepared for all your Dynasty drafts, even some redraft content here and there kind of in the offseason, but mostly, you know, focused on the younger prospects. And we'll tap into the older guys sometimes, but a lot of the younger guys, it's just they're more fun, man. Let the youth be served. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know what just happened there. But yeah. So I think even. Oh, I <laughs> no, so I think. Are you? Yeah, are you muted? Talking, yeah. yeah. I, I thought somebody was trying to talk, but um, even okay. So I guess. I guess. Yeah. No, he you know, was like talking. I, it was a mute. He was like, like a, no, like I said, you know, we're we're a week away from the NFL draft, and and like a wise man once told me, you know, don't believe everything your earlobes capture. You know, what I'm saying, shout no. to Jay Z. You know, we are in smokescreen season. Um, you know, I don't believe anything I'm going to see within podcast, the next. What's up? It's still a fuck Jay Z podcast, by the way. <laughs> yes, nah. Bro, he, he laid he laid the home y'all. Yeah, we can't we can't we can't mess with. Nah, we don't. We, we, we do say all of that, man. You know, so, but but you know, there. So we're we're in smokescreen season. So yes, um, I guess I guess my my question for the room would be, um, a month. I mean, a week out. I guess from the draft, what are the most interesting subplots that you guys are still following? Um, that you think as as it unravels on draft day might be the most interesting um storyline. So I mean, Jordan, I, 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 we can start with you. I know you guys had a great segment on on Justin Fields, and we've covered that heavily here. So you know, I yeah. think if every everybody anybody who's like followed the show knows how we feel about that. Um, but what do you have your eye on currently? Um, as we have as we sit a week out from the draft, I think for me it's still Trey Lance. Um, as much as I want to see where Justin Fields goes, I kind of expect him to be you know a pretty high pick and i and i believe in the talent but i think there's still a little bit more unknown when we talk about trey lance coming out of north dakota state only really having one year of college production having his showcase game and really not looking that great so last time we saw trey lance he wasn't looking the best but we know what he did in college he looked great but for nfl teams it's where do they draft him where is he going because i want him to go to a coach that is smart has developed quarterbacks in the past potentially um, and just a place where we see opportunity for him to thrive. I think Justin Fields can raise the floor of his team, but I don't know if I if Trey Lance can do that. So I think he's a little bit more landing spot dependent. So that's why I think Trey Lance is my most interesting storyline. Uh, I'm also intrigued by Travis ATM because I don't think he's that great. But mm. depending on where he goes, then there may mm. be a little bit more for me to like about him. That's a little segue for y'all right there. Yeah, so that's a professional right there. Yeah, you yeah, want to talk about Travis ATM, but... That's just me. We'll get to that's that just, in a moment. Like we'll them. get to that. Yeah, we can get to that in a moment. Um, Denzel, I, I will I will share that question with you. What do you have your, your eyes on as we sit a week out from the draft? Like, I feel like we all know that this draft is all about the quarterbacks and the five guys from all the way in. I, I'm I really want to see how in love teams are actually with Mac Jones. Like, is he actually in contention for the number three pick? Like when I watch him, I don't Hell think he's yeah, that. He I don't think he's that kind of quarterback to be picked at number three. But 
that's a different story for a different day. But other than that, I'm I'm kind of interested to see like where a player like Michael Parsons falls and those kind of players, like the guys that are gonna fall from all the quarterbacks rising up. That's what I, I'm more interested in. How about you, Raz? I'm interested to see which cornerback goes, you know, first. Uh, I'm huge, you know, big JC Horn fan. Um, but I'm I'm just trying to see which corner is gonna go first. And then if we're talking quarterbacks as well, I want to see who is the first quarterback and how soon that quarterback goes that's not in the big five. I think that's what I'm interested to see. I want to see who's gonna be in that secondary group of quarterbacks that's gonna be like a day two pick. I want to see which teams are taking those and like what the dynamic of that team is going to looks like going forward. I'm just interested in to see how high we value all of these quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I think we, we gotta, we gotta address the scorcher and we, let's just get to it guys. Let's get to it. So Jordan, Jordan brought up Travis Etienne and you know, like it's a, it's a great, it's a great, you know, place to start with him because, you know, when we talk about all the things you want to see from, from your running back, you know, Travis has a lot of it. You know, if we talk about just like, I think, I think he ran this 40 at four, four speed. Um, and, you know, I think I forgot what the number is, but I believe there's only three starting running backs currently who, who ran a faster 40 than in four, four. Um, Probably something quick, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head, um, Raheem Mostert, Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson, only other running backs to run faster than the four, four. So I think that's going to be interesting, um, you know, segue, because that dude has ridiculous long speed. Um, you know, we talk about long speed and particularly with, you know, 40, the 40 time being overrated for football players in general, um, because you don't really get an opportunity where you just have a, a mad dash. Um, it's not really a football action that you, you, you get. Sometimes you get those, <laughs> especially for running backs, you get those plays where the, where the offensive line just parts and you get a, you get a heaven sent straight to the end zone. And, and that's when you see those long speed. But for the most part, how fast you hit in the second and third levels. That's really um, the difference maker when we talk about speed, but when we talk about um, Travis. Yeah, man, he has, he has a lot of skill, um, but that is, he is more of a, a straight line guy. So I think Raz, I will get your opinion. Where do you, where are you at on, on Travis um, and his current NFL prospects right now? I, I don't think he's going to be unsuccessful in the league. I think he has the ability to carve out a role on at the next level um, because he can catch the ball well and, he does have good good speed and you know he if he can get on the edge he can he can do a little damage but as an everyday back you know every down back i'm not sure how much i'm invested in that i would like to see him on a team that splits carries for the most part i mean most of the league does but you know with a a, a true timeshare i think he's probably about top 4 in the running backs but you know i don't have him pegged at number 1 where everybody you know seems to have him so high how about you Denzel Yes, yeah, like everybody else is saying, it's like I just don't think he has the the lateral quickness like to see in a running back. Like like when I watch his film, it's like yeah, he can get to top speed very fast. He can run in a straight line and like hit home run plays. But when I look at him and like I like to see a running back that could like kind of sort through the mess that's in front of him and kind of has like vision and, and could kind of like all right, the play is not going to work design where it's supposed to go, but I can go hit the the backside gap and really sort through that. But the only reason why I don't peg him all the way down to like four or the fourth or fifth running back is because he also has utility as a kick returner or potentially a punt returner if those things are called upon him so he has that versatility that can like help out an nfl team so yeah man oh man we'll get i'll get you back in here in a sec jordan but um yeah man i think travis has it's pretty interesting because one one thing I, i definitely picked up on um interesting this is not a comparison it's more of a stylistic thing that he does um and it it, it can work if you're just talking about running back vision and, and how they follow their blocks but he he does that he does that he has that skill that trait to where he he hugs behind his offensive line just like Le'Veon this gets low in his pads um and and that is that is something that you like to see from from the running back and I do think if we're talking about how he might fit in the scheme at the next level he does have the, the versatility to run gap end zone at the next level. So I definitely think if you're just talking about fit, um, like e- either way. So I think one guy and and the the upright running style to where that's that's one thing that that leaves me a little question marks. And I don't necessarily think it's something that stops you from having success because when I think about it, this is also something that that hampers DeAndre Swift as somebody who runs a little higher up than you want. And for somebody who who has this you know elusiveness, it's not really something that you love to see. Um, both of those guys are powerful when they get upfield and they put their foot in the dirt. 
Um, but sometimes they patter around too much and and can miss those holes. So I guess bringing this back to you, Jordan, um, you know, and I, I do think because we haven't even I don't think we've touched upon his you know his pass catching out the, the the backfield yet, and you know that can be the the game changer for even if he isn't the most skilled between the tackle runners, and 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 he might miss a hole here and there. Um, you know, what do you see has his like best case scenario gets in the great scheme and he fixes some of these issues that we saw at Clemson. What do you think the ultimate upside might be for somebody like, for like Travis Etienne? I think he has a lot of upside where it kind of falls short for me is I don't know if I want him to have a full workload. Kind of like you were saying, Raz, like he should probably be in a committee. I think best case scenario is pretty obvious. You want him to go to San Francisco because he, his game mimics Murray Mostert's really, really well. Like I think they both do a lot of things very similarly and they can succeed in similar facets, but in the same breath, no one wants Raheem Mostert on their on their roster. It's he's a little bit older. He doesn't have draft capital. All these things, um, but I think there is some comparisons there. Although I heard you guys, all three of you, I think mentioned he's a good pass catcher, and I don't really see it. Like I'm not really sure if you guys think he's a good pass catcher or not. You think he's kind of like decent, but like out of ten, how would you rate his pass catching skill? I'll start with you, Denzel. I'm gonna say about a seven. Like I don't remember seeing a lot of drops. On his tape, like I don't know if he's gonna really be able to like run angle routes and really. Run but that's what I mean, though. Like, like, like I think, I think, yeah. I think for me, right? Like, Sean, where are you at with that? Yeah, I would, I would probably say I, I feel. I, I saw him. There's, there's particular. I know there's one play, and this is this is a common theme of just like sitting, um, sifting through a lot of like the the film for running backs. You know, I'm a I'm a Hurricanes fan. And, you know, the Hurricanes couldn't stop a running back to save their life this year. So every every one of these running backs damn near put on a highlight tape against the Hurricanes defense. And I remember one one particular play in um, and this is also also a play that stuck out to me watching Trevor Lawrence. Um, and he had a, he had a really good play on a really good catch, acrobatic catch to where, um, you know, strong hands plucked the ball out of the air um, on a wheel route out of the backfield. And I think something like that. And particularly it's I think he does have room for improvement. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I would probably be around a, a seven as well with Denzel, but I do think it is. I think, I think, um, you know, Matt, Matt Waltman, who, who does great work, it's something I've seen him say about certain uh pass catchers, um, running backs to where sometimes we say sometimes running backs can improve on, on their pass catching ability, um, and take that next level. If you have a if you have a base to grow upon to where we've seen you making some, you know, I, he I think he's more advanced than just a you know, a swing or a dump off guy that you just like might run some some screenplays for. So I do think, you know, if he takes that next level as a route runner, um, you know, there could be some depending also on the scheme and, and how, you know, how much they're going to utilize him in the, in, the, in the backfield. But Raz, where would you be at um, on on his uh, pass casting chops? I mean, I, I feel like we all pretty much agree. I'm at like a six point five seven, and I do think that's what's going to keep him on the field because he his main one of his main issues for me is pass protection so mm-hmm. like yeah. I, like so he doesn't he doesn't excel there like to me so it's like if you're gonna have him on there you're gonna be sending him out for routes so i think you know that's just gonna keep him on the field because he is a weapon once he gets the ball in his hands 85 like, catches over the past two years yeah. um you know that's not a i mean sometimes you you really want to see you know how how are those routes and how they're utilizing how to advance those um skiing yeah. out in the backfield but 85 85 catches is something that like I said it gives him a it gives him a base that I think he could build on. Yeah, like so I don't reason why I ask because I probably have him at a 5.5 maybe. Um part of that like you guys mentioned is the diversity of the routes. Like I see him catch a lot of dump offs so I don't really put a lot of stock in that. Um yeah. I also look at some of the successful pass catchers over the years, you know, like Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't know how many passes he caught in college but I think it was like 65 and he's not even use used them. on third they didn't down. Use them. They didn't use right? Them so year. I just think that while he Etienne does do some things well, I don't know if he is good enough to where we can say he's going to be like an actual weapon. Like I look at someone like Gainwell, I look at Najee, I look at, you know, in a lot of ways, even Chuba Hubbard could be very similar to what Etienne does. He's not as good of a pass catcher yet. That's but that I think Canadian that, bias, man. That's that's I all that. I, that I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, when you think about Chuba, when you think about Chuba, he was a track star in Canada. He averaged 10 yards per rush in Canada. You know, he still went to Oklahoma State, 2,000-yard season. I I just think that it's they are a lot closer than people are kind of willing to admit. And so while, yes, Travis Etienne is RB2 for a lot of people, RB3, I get it. The talent is there. 
but we may need to actually look at Chuba and say he's a discount Etienne. If he goes to the right spot, he could be just as successful. If he gets into a zone scheme where he played it at in college, he could be just as good. And so I don't think we should discount him completely. And it's just for me, right? Like when I see Etienne play, it just doesn't look natural. Like his catches are all like fucking terrible and he just doesn't look very natural that. with I'll it. Give you that. And that he's worked. Don't get me well. wrong. He's worked on it for sure. But I don't think he's at the level yet where I can really trust him because what was it in, in uh, 2019? He's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm afraid to catch the ball. Like this dude actually said that out he loud that. He did say that, yeah. to the media. To me, that's like a big, it's not a big red flag, but it's not a red flag for me to be like, Dude, for real? Like, for, for real? You're actually going to tell people you're afraid to catch the ball when you got the best quarterback in college throwing you the football? You know, like, I don't know. And especially when most of his passes are dump offs. So I think it's just a little bit overblown. But I think where people are going to kind of overrate him is I think he's probably not going to see ever more than 300 touches. He may. But I think, you know, you want him to kind of have that Alvin Kamara type workload. But I don't know if he has the pass catching chops to get there. That's what I was you know, about, to, that's see, what about to bring up. He may see 250 rushes, but I don't know if we're going to see him with like 100 targets. So there's the kind of the value gap is he could potentially be that production style where he's not getting a whole lot of carries, but he's catching a lot of passes. But I think he has to grow his game to get to that point. But I think that would suit him really, really well. And, and that's what I think, because um, you touched upon, and that's what I was about to bring up with um, in regards to Kamara. And that's a, that's a comp that a lot of people have thrown out. Um, with with Travis and you know it is a it is a pretty big and I think if we we, we talk about how you know we, we like to shy away from you know comps because you know it sets an unrealistic you know expectation for these running backs yeah. and you know the more like watching how Alvin Kamara succeeds he is more of a you know he, he's a one of one he's not I don't think how he succeeds and into the level of his his micro movements as a running back you know as a runner and a catcher and and, the, you know, and he's so strong run- yeah, people need to remember he ran a four six. Like he's hit. That's where him and Etienne like don't compare at all. But when I think about how they could succeed from their production, how they're utilized, I think there's similarities there. Like I don't want my Travis Etienne getting 220 carries. Maybe you get 220 carries, but like Mostert, Mostert, I don't think has ever had 200 carries. So I think that's where like the comparison lies, right? We'll see because he hasn't been healthy. So every year, you know, even last year it was, oh, most was the guy, 250 carries, book it in. They run so much, but he's hurt again. So I think it just, we'll see, right? But I think Etienne especially could could be that guy. Um, but I think that style, you know, 220 carries, maybe 60 targets, 70 targets is, is the way for him to be fully utilized in kind of a committee. All right, so Raz, we'll bring this back to you, my guy. So, what other running backs um, have caught your eye? And um, I know, I know the the New York Fast Plains needed running back. So, um, we if we're talking about if if we're talking about possible fits and and guys that you can see, um, when we're talking about the, these top running backs in this class, um, outside of the big guys, we just touched on um, ETN. Um, we also have Najee. But who else sticks out to you that guys, um, not necessarily just the best in the class, but just guys that you love, um, yeah. their skill set and what they bring to the table. My guy out of North Carolina, Javante Williams. I'm, mm. I'm a big fan of him. He has the straight line speed that you would want. He's going to be in every back down. I, I just feel like I think, you know, he, he had a lot of playmakers around him with UNC. You know, Mac Brown brought that that that, that whole style out there. Mac like, yeah, UNC, yeah, he has like UNC as a football school right now, you, you know, like, you know, because they got Hubert down there with he's probably, you know, what he's proud of. So. Um, you know, North Carolina might be a, a, a football school coming up, but I mean, I just think he's, he's an every down threat, like, and he can, his, his hands aren't bad. And when he gets in between those tackles, the shoulder pad is low and he, he runs through people. I mean, on, I don't like comps. Like, I don't, I want to give one, but it's like, he kind of reminds me of, um, don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. I won't say it. I won't say it. Don't say it. I mean, you I said it. Say it. Just... say it. Um, he, he could be, he could be an Arian Foster, man. Ooh, that's Wait, you want that's... him to go? You want him to go undrafted? I mean, shit, I take that too. But... <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say Nick Chubb because that's that's who people have have kind of. No, no, no. He he does have like a bruising style, but he has like that loosen. I I just like I, I Arian Foster is somebody I could see him. Arian Foster has some of the best feet of of a running back ever. If we talk about yeah. it, so I mean that's 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 elite praise. If we really, you know, I don't know. Like some people, we have a lot of people who are new to the fantasy game. So if you might have missed out on the on the Arian Foster era, like yeah. yeah, that dude, that dude was a problem, and that dude was a workhorse. Um, and and like you know, 
<laughs> Twinkle Toes, you're breaking my heart. Ballerina feet. That man, that man really put on the show and yeah. you know, super evasive behind the line of scrimmage. And I think I think speaking speaking about Javante, because Raz, it, it's really one of the best things. And I think about it with somebody like it brings up, and you know, we are I'm I'm a huge fan of of Mr. Crableg himself. Jameis Winston, but if you ever watch Jameis, one of the most frustrating things about Jameis and when you watch him is it's sort of like his head and his feet are, are moving at two complete different speeds. If you watch his footwork in the pocket, you can see his his shoulders might be thinking, you know, his shoulders might be thinking short pass, and his legs are like his legs are like beating up basically to make like a 40-yard downfield pass. And a lot of times it's just not in sync. And when you talk about mechanical issues, that's a quarterback. But when we talk, bring it back to Javante, you just see how his feet and the synergy of his of his lower half, and it's a beautiful thing. And you see, it's not a lot of wasted movement. Um, he gets upfield in a, in a blink of an eye, and he's always looking for that for grass up the field. And that's one of the that's one of the best things. He is like a bruiser. He's somebody who does move the pile and, and get down the field. Um, and and he does have really good vision. And like I said, we're talking about he's at 5'10", 220. So he's one of the yeah. best power backs. Somebody who has the profile to you know, really handle. And, you know, when we talk about, and, and this is why it's, it's why it's amazing to talk about running backs and, and talk about all of these, you know, possible, you know, dynasty and Debbie picks at the next level. It's important to see their profile and how it's going to, you know, just so you're not falling in love with the fit. You know, what does, what does this guy bring to the next level? And you talk about, you know, I think one reason, and, and you brought up, you brought up CEH earlier, Jordan. Um, And, you know, I, I remember doing the FFPC draft, um, close to close to uh, start of the season last year, and I believe Ch went second behind CMC. Yeah. You know his 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 stock was his stock was insane <laughs> through the roof. And, and, yeah, through the roof, and it got it got insane. And obviously, he didn't live up to that. But I, that's not on Ch. I think that was if you were taking him that high, that's a that was a that was a problem with the drafter because I always think even if you watch Ch and how he won at LSU and how he succeeded, it wasn't as a red zone back. It wasn't pushing guys in between the fives and it wasn't somebody who and i think even when we talk about he didn't even get work in the passing game so that kind of did lower his upside a lot in year one you know hopefully that that's something who you can see him pick up some more value next year so i wouldn't fade him on on that as well but yeah javante is somebody who definitely profiles as a as a red zone back and like i said that miami game he went for 23 23 rushes for 230 36 yards and, and three touchdowns <laughs> Wasn't um, that the game no. that they uh, broke the record or whatever for yeah, like a tandem yeah, yeah. Michael, with like five hundred rushing for, yards? <laughs> Michael Carter went twenty four for three hundred eight. Like I said, Miami Hurricanes could not stop anybody. It was it was literally insane. Um, Vince Wilfork rolling over in his grave at, at how trash the run defense was. Um, but that's how I will get your thoughts on Javante Williams. Any any um, how did you feel about him? Like I said, um, a super talented backfield. Him him and Michael Carter, who um, I guess we can't speak about next. Um, another guy who who really was an interesting back who should have some success at the next level. Um, but thoughts on Javante and his fit at the next level. Yeah, so like I watched both of the North Carolina backs and I actually liked their film more than I liked ETN's film, like down to down mm. and watching the whole game. Damn, guys. But <laughs> it's the hate trying to watch... show today. Damn. <laughs> my, my bad. I wasn't but... expecting this. No, 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 no. Let these things go. Let these things go. But like with Javante, it's like I can see him being immediate starter compared to everybody else because his pass protection is probably the best I've seen out of all the backs so far in this draft. But I think he like, and it's like, I can't really poke that many holes in his game. It's like yeah. the only thing I can say is like, maybe he doesn't have the, the level of explosiveness is like Michael Carter does. Like like when I, cause when I watch Michael Carter, he also has, he's pretty good too, but he's a little bit smaller, but he has that explosion. He has a little bit more vision. Like he, like when he like makes guys miss space, like some guys don't even touch him like he he's that good. So both of those back in the only concern I have is him being in a timeshare. Like and then also besides the timeshare, he's only what he's done it like one year, right? I think he's only really done it for like one year compared to the other they guys. Sharing, so they, shared, they, they shared the backfield. So yeah, he he wasn't um you know I I can see that as a as a that's positive also, and a negative. That's also less wear and tear though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's a little bit of a true. fresher running back, you know. That's true. That's true. So and I think even even it's about the explosiveness and I think it, it would it would be a fair point. I don't think he is the most explosive back, but he he led college football with seventy five missed tackles last year and he was twentieth in attempts. So I just think like like per play, you could tell somebody like that who you know when you talk about a two twenty a two a twenty twenty pound back, you know that's always making the first guy miss. We're talking about somebody who 
you know, should have a um, a good ability to really get you on um, a consistent and 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 be and really be somebody who you know isn't really a boom or bust guy, somebody who who should have a a really solid game floor on a, on a week to week basis. Um, but I I guess we can. Um, I, Jordan, did you have any other backs that that caught your eye? Um, um any, not any, any this year. Pitchers? Just just Gainwell, man. Like I don't know how much you guys have dove into Gainwell. Um, he's my RB four right now. Based on where you can get him in ADP, I think he's going to be a steal because it's not very often that you have a running back that everyone loved this year, Antonio Gibson. Well, people need to remember that Gamewell kept him off the field. Like yep. Gamewell stopped him from playing. This What's guy. How many, carries did, how many carries did Antonio Gibson have? It was like twenty or something. I don't it know was like it was yeah, it was like twenty. He he played wide receiver because Gamewell was so good, and yep. so that that for me is the one of the craziest just storylines of this whole thing is. That Gamewell was a, I believe he was a redshirt freshman, not even a redshirt sophomore, legit redshirt, redshirt freshman, first real season playing college football. And he kept Antonio Gibson, third round pick, and forced him to play wide receiver because he was so good. And I believe Gamewell had almost 2,000 yards. I believe he had 1,400 rushing yards and over 600, 700 passing yards or receiving yards. So, we talk, and I believe he caught over 50 passes. So, like, when you yeah, actually yeah. watch Gamewell's play, he's probably the best receiving threat. And as well, like, for me at least, I'm noticing this trend. Like as much as we may not love Gainwell, I look at Tony Pollard. I look at Antonio Gibson. Yes, there's Daryl Henderson. He wasn't very good, but I think people could kind of see that in his game. And I think Gainwell is the best of all of them. Like I get that Gibson's the ideal size, but Gainwell still like he's a really, really good running back. He can run between the tackles. He's really, really fast. He can catch passes. Like he can kind of do a bit of everything. He's he's kind of a souped up version of Michael Carter. Uh, even though Michael Carter played this year, he looked great. And to your point about Javante. Javante's a dope running back. I don't really know who I'd compare him to. Um, another thing that I want to bring up about Javante is that I've heard a lot of reports that he loves pass protection. So like when you watch his film and he's just in there for pass pro, like you're frustrated because you want him to catch passes, but it's something he like took a lot of pride in. And I think Mac Brown really appreciated that he took pride in b- being a good pass protector. And that's something that will, again, translate to the next level with so many rookie running backs who can't pass protect. How right, you, thoughts on the, yeah, your thoughts on the, the UNC running backs. I love the UNC running backs. Like the UNC running backs, like I, I would take either one of them. Um, but obviously Williams is my guy. But I'm saying, like, if I if I just lucked into the other one, like in a you know third round, fourth round, like if he ends up dropping, like that's gonna be in my eyes just amazing value to get one of those guys that late. So I don't know where they they would go. Like I would love for the Jets to to get um, Javante on like what they have get them 16? both. I'd like to go if we get him at 68. I think I'm I'm very happy with that. That's what that's our third round. That's our fourth round pick. Yeah. So yeah, like I would love us to to start there, like because him falling to 68 is going to be great value. But I, if you get them both, yeah, I mean I would be down for that too. I, I they've done it already, so I just don't know if you go if you're the Jets, you can't go two running backs that that high back to back. You got yeah, to. Yeah. You'd have Even to get Javante in the second, I think. You wouldn't second, be able to get him probably he's in the first. Yeah, he's, he, should, he should be a top 50 pick, I'd imagine. You know, like it's it's just because, especially because running back is not too strong this year. Like yeah. people expect Etienne, Najee to go, you know, somewhere in the first round, maybe early second. And I think Javante is next. Like I heard a report that one team in the NFL, I don't remember who it was, actually has Javante as their number one running back. I mean, I have him. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, you know, it, but again, like you guys mentioned, it's the it's the power, like the power, the elusiveness. He can pass block. He can catch passes. Still, he's a little bit raw. Not a lot of wear and tear. But you know, if he goes to Pittsburgh, how are we not going to start debating him as RB two? Because I still think Najee's you know locked in. But still, like that's a his that's a spot that we love. Ending, like yeah, that his draft spot depending where he ends up could could really skyrocket. It could go either way, to be honest. The Jets would really have, yeah, I have a question though. That. Yeah, but you brought up Gainwell. Like, do you see Gainwell as a three round back, or is like, I don't? I, I didn't really see that when I watched. That. Him. I think, I think, I think the I think that it's easy to say he's too small right now, but I wouldn't rule it out. Like, I think the problem is, is people are fading him because of his size, his weight, whatever. Um, but I think that whether you like him or not, he could still have the same type of role as a Travis Etienne. But instead of having the rushing role, he could have the receiving role. So he could have 150, 150 carries, 
and yeah. still catch like 80 passes because he's that he's that talented yeah. in the passing game. Yeah. So we don't we don't want to fade the scat back simply because he's a scat back or because he's perceived as a scat back. Because in a lot of ways, he could have a similar role to what we expect out of Cam Akers, maybe a little bit less because Cam is like Cam is a bigger dude. But Cam is, again, an excellent yeah, pass catcher, excellent rusher between the tackles. So if you just kind of see Gamewell as a smaller Cam Akers, I think that's kind of where you want him to land in the NFL. Yeah, and I think even you, you brought it up about ETN earlier about his 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 routes out of the backfield. You know, it's the it's the it's the polar opposite with Gamewell, and even like this is something that stood out to me. Like the routes he ran out of the backfield, like we're talking advanced stuff. He runs legit routes. Yeah. Like it's yeah, not, we're talking, he's he's talking sharp. We talking butchers. Like we talking receiver sharp. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's what they, they teach in Memphis, right? Yeah, like they, that's that's the yeah. big thing is they actually do they teach that in Memphis. That's why Gainwell and um Gibson both like sometimes when Gibson was rushing the ball or someone else rushing the ball, then you know Gainwell goes into the slot. That way they're using their playmakers all over the field. That's why you see Pollard running routes, that's why you see Gibson running routes. These are again all the same system, same coach. Uh the, the way they're utilized is just it's very different from how you see a lot of teams run. And 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 for all we know, like it's it really should set them up for success at the next level. And yeah, man, now Gamewell was one of the more interesting backs. And we, we spoke about this a little bit on the receiver show when we were breaking down the receivers and and how you have to use these these gadget and these hybrid guys who whose skills can, you know, it, it they can masquerade as a little bit of receiver and a little bit of a running back. Um Gamewell is another guy, but you, you talk about it and his short area quickness is you know, it's it's game breaking stuff. You know, he he mixes together like he he collects ankles if you watch the film. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's yes he, he does. You know he, he's getting he's getting face masks full of full of turf when you really watch him. Um, he's very he's very difficult to stop. Um, even even between the tackles and and like you did say, I wouldn't necessarily want to. And I think I think sometimes when we think about these smaller backs, and it kind of just depends on on the coaching staff. Some coaches don't care. You know, we think about somebody like a um. Like a, like a Jamal Charles who had, you know, we're talking about, you know, if, if you drafted him in the right years, you know, we're talking about he put money in your pockets. This is somebody who another one of these game breaker guys who can who can just change the complexion of the game in a blink of an eye. Um, but, you know, like his career could have turned out completely different if he ends up in a different scenario. Um, somebody like Andy Reid might not have, you know, featured him as the lead back. In, um, and Q just said, oh, he's 190. It's funny because if you think about it, this is where like somebody who even I, I bring it back to Miami. We talk about Duke Johnson, but I, I was always waiting on Duke Johnson to get a lead role. And it's never going to happen at this point. But, um, you know, even watching him at, at cops, I always thought nah, he had to that up four years ago, handle bro. it. But no coach ever, no coach ever <laughs> even gave him the chance to see it. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> could they work? I guess, I guess, you know. Nah, we all it, saw it. That's you being a homer, bro. <laughs> no, that's part of it, though, you know, like we, 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 get so, we get so caught up in, well, he's <laughs> typical size and all of this stuff, right? Like just because someone is typical size or atypical size doesn't mean that they're going to be what you want them to be. You know, it's, it's where do they succeed the heart, in the NFL, man. right? <laughs> It's about where do they succeed and, and what, what can they do in the NFL is the mo- most important I, part. I fucked up some, some money fucker with Duke Johnson way too many times, man. Like, yeah, this is the Oh, now, nah, yes. yes. <laughs> this this talk about, you talk about fantasy kryptonite. You talk about fantasy kryptonite. And yeah. Duke, I, can't, I can't quit. Duke Johnson, that's, that's, he's at the top of that list. I mean, we could, we could all, if we were on a fantasy kryptonite and, and guys who just can't quit over the years, I mean, we could go around the horn real quick. Jordan, who, who would stand out for you as somebody who, you know, frustrating to own on a year to year. Talent's always been there. You know, always been oh, a nice little easy. value. Who's it? Percy Harvin. <laughs> Dude, oh, that's man. my guy. Love Percy Harvin. Like he's my he's my favorite player of all time. It wouldn't matter how much weed he was smoking. I was always picking him up. I was always <laughs> drafting. Like I think he only had one really really good season. He's the only player I own two of his jerseys. Percy Harvin is a legend in my book for for punching Golden Tate in the face, but that is yeah. neither here nor there. There's a who's your fancy kryptonite, bro? Oh, it was Jamal Charles at the end. <laughs> like those last yeah, couple seasons, like him trying to hang on. Blame the knee injury. Yeah, blame the knee injury. Uh, at least you had some good years. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I caught him at the end, and like not even the good years, like. Once he the ACL, oh, you the for the, you for ACL the pass, caught him on the second yeah. ACL and held on ever since. <laughs> Raz, who, 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 I mean, you brought up Duke Johnson, but I mean, who else? I know Chris, it's, a, it's a bunch Chris of Chris Johnson. Um, Chris, yeah, that Chris Johnson pack used to, 
and then I'm I got one. See, but I feel like it's different than like the right now. Chris, right now it's Chris Thompson. Oh, RB1. That's another injury, though. He doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> That's like Chris Thompson, man. And I got to – who I got to receive? Oh, Sammy Watkins. He used to be one of those guys for me where I could, like – Corey, Corey Davis before this year for me. Denzel, who, who's the run, who's the wide receiver or running back? You always like, oh, Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller used to be oh, – Lamar like, Miller. I would, I draft Lamar Miller every year. I knew I built my whole roster around. Okay, that's seven points right there. Let's where do we go from there? Like Lamar, that's all Lamar. He's never gonna get you 40, but he'll get you them damn seven. And that's that's it was steady work. <laughs> all right, man. But I think even moving on, there's a couple more uh backs I wanted to touch on before we before there's a couple other topics we wanted to touch on before we get Jordan out of here. Uh but Jordan, um your, your thoughts on on Najee Harris, definitely one of these backs who's gonna end up with you know the, the blue chip. Um, running back capital, somebody who, you know, I, I, I'll probably project him to go depending on where he ends up in the top couple rounds of of redraft and and dynasty um, leagues this this year as we approach draft season. Uh, but your thoughts on on Najee Harris and what type of monster do you think he could be at the next level? I think you just said it, man. He's going to be a monster. Um, there's very few things that Najee does bad. And really, the only thing is being fast because he may get caught from behind every now and then. Um, we talk about a guy who I believe is 230, can dance mm-hmm. on anybody, make anybody yep. miss, super patient behind the line, can catch passes, one of the best in the class. I'd probably say second only to Gainwell. It's very difficult to find holes in Najee's game um, because even it, last year, I believe he had a second round grade if he came out, but he wanted that first round grade. So that's why he came back, obviously won national championship. I, be- I believe he wasn't even like top 10 in Heisman voting or something, which is crazy because he had like 2,300 yards, all SEC schedule. Like, what more do you need the guy to do yeah. to, to convince you that he's a top pick? Um, it, not just an easy choice for me. <laughs> That's definitely some Bama bias. You know, but it's just like, I don't know, man. You watch you watch him play, and you're just like, how is how do people think that Travis Etienne is better than Najee Harris? Like, I just yeah. don't I just don't get it. Like, especially when I think about the receiving chops, like Najee's bigger, he's stronger, and he's a better receiver. So why do you like Travis Etienne better? Maybe it's a scheme thing, but that should be kind of independent when you talk about your analysis for them in the future. Now you could fit pretty much any system. If he, if he goes to Pittsburgh somehow, that dude's got to be like a top 10 dynasty running back, like from the jump, because you know he's going to get the work, right? You know he can handle the work. He's just, he's easily one of the most talented backs. And I think it was Graham Barfield in his yards created. Najee has the best yards created score I think in the last three years of any running back, Jonathan Taylor, you know, like any of these top running backs, JK Dobbins, all of them. I'm pretty sure it's, it's either the last five years or the last three years. Najee had the most yards created of any running back. Yeah, man, you, you're not supposed to move that well at, at two 30, but um, Denzel, your thoughts on Najee, bro. Yeah, I, honestly, I love Najee. Like, he, like when he first got to Bama, it was a crowded room and it took a, a little while for him to catch his stride, but you could always see the potential, even from high school. Like he was like the top running back, five star guy. But it's like he's saying, it's like the only question is he doesn't have that like four four speed that some guys like like the running backs to have. But he can he can literally do everything. So he gets in the right situation, like and he gets the volume that he's supposed to get. He he can be a, a Pro Bowl level running back for sure. Raz, talk to me, bro. I mean. My like Najee, this like what is gonna be said that I'm gonna say like everybody said already. Like Najee, he's top two consensus back. Like you know he should be number one. I have my UNC bias on that one, but he should be number one. His like, I think his best trait, other than you know he's a freak fucking athlete, is his like finishing at the end zone. Like he finishes jobs, and you know yeah. and when you're talking about for fantasy. That's everybody's worst nightmare, man. You getting your team getting down to the end zone, they bringing that guy in off the bench for the other running back to poach it. So why, like, Najee's gonna finish the drive, and I think if we're talking in a fantasy perspective, you gotta be looking at him very highly. Like, in the, if he gets into the right situation, you gotta be looking at him very highly because he's finishing drives. If he gets down there, they're not taking him up. Yeah, no, and I think, like I said, um, the big separator is. You know, we get into these big backs, and yeah, the, the hands-on Najee for a power back, it's a, it's a rare combination. I don't think, you know, guys that big don't come into the league. You know, they usually have stone hands, and they usually like – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, like a lot of, a lot of like, running backs that like the power backs, like, 
you know, they, they have hands like like Joel Anthony. That's a basketball reference. Raz, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about with the centers that can't catch. And you know, it's, it's super frustrating. But not Najee. Yeah, Najee has just <laughs> soft hands, and and you see, you know, plucking the plucking the ball, strong hands, and even even just the like even for somebody like Mac Jones, and not to not to get into Mac, but you know, he had such a comfort level with with Najee on on the dump offs and the, as just that emergency check. So I think that really shows. Um, you know, we could. If we're just talking about like upside and what a ninety to ninety fifth percentile like type of season from him could be, you know, it's a, we're, we might be talking about like the, the the fancy upside here could be extremely rare. Yeah. Um, it could it could definitely have him looking at 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 consensus like top five um finishes at his peak. Um, yeah, man, 70, 76 receptions over the past two years. Um, like like you did say, Denzel, he was behind Josh Jacobs and, and Damian Harris to start his career. So that's definitely something that he did approve upon. Um, and and yeah, man, you see, you talk about that the contact balance. He's running through defensive ends, which is we just talk about like for for a power back that shows you the elite of the elite. Um, I mean, and I guess the the last back that I did want to touch upon for today. Uh, but I guess I can't get the room's opinions on somebody who I think is one of the more complete backs. And, you know, I think he profiles well compared to somebody like Javante and somebody who who does everything you want. And another one of these uh, these bigger, bigger body back, and, and that's Trey Sermon for me. Um, Obviously, if you're not familiar, coming out of Oklahoma, transferred to um, Ohio State uh, a couple years ago, but he did play on that high profile Oklahoma team. So, um, you've probably he and and um his film his film in 2018 and 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 what he did in 2020, um definitely definitely shows you two different types of of backs and and if he puts it all together we could be cooking with something that you know depending on where he's going to go in dynasty drafts I think I think we talk about a really great value to where even I don't know where he's going to go Trey Sermon is um. As far as draft capital, I see him being a, a late second rounder, maybe third, third round pick, possibly um, for for Trey Sermon. But you know, if he ends up in a in a in a backfield that needs somebody, or or he ends up in the right situation on a run heavy team, this is somebody who his last two games um, to his college career were were absolutely insane. He had um, he uh, Big Ten championship game and the uh, the first game against Clemson for Ohio State. He put up two two hundred fifty four all purpose yards against Clemson and three hundred and thirty all purpose yards against Northwestern. Twenty four combined broken tackles over those two games. Um, following Ohio State, if you guys did, he was behind. Um, he shared the backfield with Master Teague a lot, but but Trey Sermon really broke out towards the end of the season as somebody who could really show you. Um, you know he he runs with a, a punishing style. Um, yeah, I think he's another one of these backs who has potential as a as a pass blocker. So, um, you know, potential that makes him have potential as a three down back. Uh, but another one who changes, you know, changes direction well for for somebody like a power back. Um, Jordan, so any thought? How do you feel about Trey Sermon? Where would you really rank him among this class of backs for you? Um, I'd probably have him around six or seven. I'm not the biggest Trey Sermon fan, and like you mentioned, you know, we we saw what he did at the end of his career. Um, I saw what Sony Michelle did at the end of his college career, 181 uh, yards against of fans, Oklahoma. Speaking of fans, well, you know, like again, not everyone is Sony Michelle, not Trey Sermon is in Sony Michelle, but uh, I think it's just funny, you know, we're we're clamoring to these these two games, and a little bit before that, Oklahoma didn't do a whole lot. Um, but to bring up another big guy who's getting you know some love or had some love is Jamar Jefferson, and I compared mm-hmm. the two because they have very polarizing tape depending on who you. What games you watch? What years you watch? Jamar Jefferson yep, had a really yep, good yep. freshman year, um, and then senior year he blew up again. But in between, nothing, right? And Trey Sermon, he had some moments at Oklahoma, but he never really got on the field. And then he comes to Ohio State, he wasn't really healthy. But then at the end of the year, all of a sudden he's healthy, he looks great. Matt Waldman, I think, has him as his RB one. So it's it's hard, you know, it's hard and a hard evaluation because it's it's not incomplete, but it's inconsistent. And so we we can't project him as necessarily a feature back. Because we never really saw him featured for a whole season, half a season, anything like that. Uh, but I think he's, I think he's talented. I think he can do a bit of everything. He can catch passes, pass block, um, run between the tackles fairly well. I like him, don't love him. Um, but like you said, you may get him second, like second round for sure, third round Great, potentially yeah, yeah. in some drafts. At that point, you're, you're taking a shot, and I don't hate that on a running back if he gets good draft capital, goes to a decent situation. Maybe you can project some early playing time. Then Sermon's a great pick. Uh, Denzel, I seen I seen you clamoring for the for the uh, Trey Sermon, or or was it Jefferson? So, what do you want to get no, in there I, with? I bro? like I, I like 
both. I want to talk about both, but I love Jamal Jefferson. Let's get it. Like, but <laughs> with Trey Sermon, like I think he has elite acceleration. His contact balance is some of the best. Like, and then a running back that's nice to have where you could get those five, five to ten yards, like keep you ahead of the sticks and things like that. But with Jamar Jefferson, mean I Stephon. think he has mean Stephon, crazy. Mean Stephon. And and like with but with Jamar Jefferson. Like, I just think he has, like, the best vision in this class. Like, when I watch the running backs. Like, and, and if you think about – he went to Oregon State. And when you think about the linemen that came out of Oregon State, there's no linemen that come out of Oregon State. And he was still able to produce behind that line, regardless of that. And that's and that's like – Where does he watch, play, though? Like, Where does he play, though? Where does he play? Oregon State. He plays in the Pac-12, right? Pac-12, yeah. He plays in the Pac-12, right? Who was the last mm-hmm. running back that came out of the Pac-12? That was that was good. Steven Jackson? Well, was, that's a long time ago. <laughs> so so the reason why I bring it up is because Jamar Jefferson, Jamar Jefferson is a he looks good, right? He looks great. Zach Moss looked great too. Then he ran a four oh, six. Like, and then you're like, heart. don't bring then you're like, balls, then you're like, oh damn, he's slow. Jamar Jefferson, you know, he he could be so we need to remember this. Like, this is a bit of a trend right now. If you're looking at running backs, you want to look at these Pac-12 guys serious because man, the Pac-12 is bad. Like, it's really bad. You know, you look at Big Ten, SEC, even ACC. ACC is not great. ACC is a massive upgrade compared to the fucking Pac-12. The Pac-12 yeah, is atrocious. Yeah. You know, like, like it's just the- air raid season. You see running backs go crazy. And even CJ Verdell, who should have came out this year, he decided not to, again, yeah. has great stats in the Pac-12. But even for me, I'm hesitant because he's playing in the Pac-12. And I just, I don't know if I can trust these guys if they're not really fast, have a lot of bursts. Like, I want to see them really dominate, like the way Brandon Ayuk did, right? Like, that like- to me is a, a different level of dominance. Like a player like Zach Moss, like I think like the difference with him is like he's very straight line running back. And like Utah is one of the bigger teams in the back. So they, they usually blow up the line of scrimmage. Like he usually has a full head of steam going when he starts running. But like the difference when I watch yeah. Jamar Jefferson, it's a lot of like traffic he has to like filter through and he has to work extra hard to really get those yards. Because Oregon State's never one of the contending teams in the back. So they're always one of the bottom teams. Yeah. And like a guy that's from the back that I, I think is um, what's his name, Miles Gaskin. I think he's a pretty good running back. And Salvin Ahmed, like yeah, I think those are guys. Are, yeah, I think those Washington running backs. You're are reaching to a little bit now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying they're great. You went from Gaskin. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not a really big drafted guy. Then <laughs> no, you were Salvin Ahmed. I'm like, I'm okay, you know, like UDFA who got cut. Okay, all right. So, so you um. I have one beef with, with Jamar is that I have never seen him break a tackle. Like, I feel like he gets, I feel like he gets, if he, if he you goes get down, he's, him, yeah. he's coming down. Yeah. He runs high. He runs high. He got a high pad level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, you know. Like DeAndre Swift, apparently. Mr. 5'9 himself. But, <laughs> but exactly I, Yeah, man. No, nah, Swift is good, man. I can't believe you talk shit about DeAndre Swift. No, I love DeAndre Swift. He just, I that, that was, that was. Obvious when I run when I watch him run, he has he he always had a couple you know bad habits because when he really I think Yander Swift has like top five running back potential and he I don't think he played great last year and he still he's ended intuitive up that's five. the thing he, yeah he yeah has so a lot of talent no I love I love Yander Swift I love Yander top Swift. five is tough bro top no I think five. I think nah, it's not tough he could do it uh, I think he, when he finished like top like 20, 25. I don't think he played well last year like consistently. You know what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see him, you know, putting together a monster season. But um, yeah, man, nah, shout out, shout out to the boy Jay Rich, man. This has been a this has been a dope conversation. Um, Denzel Raz, before we before we finish up here, did you guys have any final uh before we um uh, any any other running backs that, that caught your eye that you thought you wanted to um let it take out before we do move on or or, or finish up over here? Um I mean, I feel like we got them all, man. It's like, like y'all said earlier. Go ahead. Uh, like deep sleeper. I'm like, I'm. I, I've looked at Colin Hill. I think he's a guy that could maybe do something at the next level. Because the first couple of years he was at Mississippi State, they were really run heavy offense. And then Mike Leach came. He ran an air raid offense, and he showed he could catch the ball too. So I think that's a guy late round that a team could get in and get some value out of for sure. Yeah, that was another one. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, so another guy who, I, you know, he really, he really pops depending on, you know, the, the games that you watch. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, that Florida the, game, man. He's just claimed the Yeah, fame. depending depending on what games you watch. But uh but yeah, man. Now we talked about we talked about this earlier with with my boy Jay Rich about about the uh Canadian music scene and and what would be if we're talking about just like top shout out Car- shout out Cardinal official or whatever. Yeah, I brought him up, I brought him up Cardinal official. About him, man. Yeah, the one time I went yeah. to, to out to the six, I seen him randomly at brunch. So shout out to him, he was cool as hell. But if we're talking, it's it's an interesting question. Once I started like picking my brain, well, if we're talking top five musicians from Canada, you know, all time or or more current, you know, if we have an actual Canadian in the building. You know, Jordan, what would, what would your list look like? And and this is the definitive draft season top five Canadian musicians. No pressure at all, brother. Uh, all but right, what, where so, would you go for your own taste? You have your own music taste. You was in the eclectic music. But what would you put it for you, man? So I'm going to go current because I don't really mess with the older artists. I'm not trying to get into the greatest <laughs> Canadian art of, artists of all time. Yeah. You know, I'm not that old yet. Uh, but for one, one right at, t- at the top, it's easy. It's Justin Bieber. Um, as much as you can put Drake at the top, I'm sorry, man. Beeb's like the dude's been a star forever. Like as much as I love Drake, he's kind of falling off. I don't, I don't see that in Bieber, man. That dude just puts out hits like crazy. Cause you know, you get your peaches out in Georgia, right? You know that, like, you know that you sing that in your head from time to time. You, you about that. So don't tell me that Beeb's is number one. Number two is Drake. All right. I love me some Drake. Like I said, he's falling off a little bit in my eyes. I like the old Drake a little bit better. But number two is Drake. Number three, Mr. Super Bowl himself, The Weeknd. The Weeknd is dope. All his music is sick. Um, I'm a big fan of The Weeknd. Number four, I'd put Daniel Caesar because Daniel Caesar is pretty dope too. Um, he's he's a big he's a big time artist, and I still think he's got a lot of room to grow, especially. Uh, and then five is Tory Lanez because he shot Megan, and he would be a lot higher if he didn't. But he's got to be on the list because I love Tory. I love Tory, but oh you know, dude, man, dude's in some trouble. Dude's in some trouble. <laughs> gotta bring the controversy sometimes, man. You gotta bring. Yeah, we sometimes. just got the problematic light is on now. Um, we can. Oh, it's the on. Way to, yeah, it's on. <laughs> um, I, yo, I, I would probably put Nav in my top five before I put Tory Lanez, and I don't even know really? if that's deserved. Yeah, I don't even like Nav music. We can't let that breathe. No, okay, don't. He he's dope. Like 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 he's he's good. But let's not get crazy now. You know, like I get that I get that mistakes were made, but he's not there yet. We we had a crucial point. We had a crucial point. Did not shoot Meg the Stallion, bro. Okay. No, no, I I I'm not. I get that, but damn, like I want all my black down from talent that we stand with them. This is not a Tory Lanez podcast, all right? I just had to. I, we could like, anti Tory Lanez, anti Jay Z. Yeah, put PND over over uh, Tory Lanez, bro. Yo, you know what's funny about PND, right? So PND is dope. Um, but there's this conspiracy among some people in Toronto. I don't know if you guys know about this. Every time what? PND puts out a track, The Weekend drops something. Like oh, almost yeah. within a week. Nah, Within a week, the, the weekend drops tent, something. The OVO tent is real. Like it's some, it's some, it's some like nasty stuff going on over there. Like yeah, I, I, like some, every time real he drops stuff. something, the weekend just drops something random, and then he just takes all of his shine. It's it's pretty funny. It's like this big conspiracy here. I think I think you 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 missed a lot of people, man. You're not doing the Canadian. Who you like? Celine. <laughs> <Dion. laughs> <laughs> India, I mean, I wasn't that. gonna bring up. I, I said I was going. I said I was going. Twain. I said I was going. You appealing to my grandmother? Avril Lavigne. You can't front on the Avril. Yeah, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't listen to her music anymore. I did. You can't. You can't turn. What around. you on Google and you just looking up names? Yeah. I'm talking about people I actually listen to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not just, just on Google. I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to get Tory Lanez as far down the list as we can, man. You got. We try. You trying to fuck up the, the proverbial bag? No, man. Mike, never. Never. Mike. Never. <laughs> Michael Bublé. All right. All right. Okay, no, he's, he's not my jam, but he's good. Nelly Furtado. <laughs> <laughs> now we cooking with gas now, boy. Oh, oh yeah, Delhi Furtado definitely. You gonna make some hits with Timberland, bro? Yo, <laughs> there you go. We gotta have, we gotta have Nelly Furtado on the list, man. 
Oh man, yeah, man. But now nah, this has been this has been another installment of the draft season podcast. Definitely check out. Um, shout out to everybody listening on the Periscope. Um, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube page. Once again, shout out to the boy Jay Rich for coming on Draft Season Podcast and blessing us. Um, this was a great episode, my guy. Um, Jordan, tell the people where they can follow you and and all the things to check out all the all the magnificent content you've been putting out, bro. Man, I do a lot of stuff. So just follow me on Twitter at your boy Jay Rich, and you'll catch all of it and more. Because I got a lot of thoughts. I tweet about a lot of stuff more than football. Um, but yeah, you know, YouTube, Destination Devi, Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash All Gas. You know, everywhere. I'm I'm doing all kinds of shit. So just check my Twitter feed, and you'll find it all. Jordan is everywhere, and like I said, Denzel, appreciate you, my guy, popping on here and talking everything with us. Um, but yeah, man, tell the people they can follow you and everything, bro. Uh, at Easy Does It 34. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Hope we can do this again. It was a lot of fun. Nah, definitely, man. Jordan, we got to bring you back on here when we get into some, you know, pre- uh, previewing the season uh, closer to the for draft. Sure. I mean, closer to the year. Uh, for Raz, man, any, any final takes? You can take us out of here, bro. Nah, man. I mean, I just, I got to tune in for the next episode. We got, we do got a little heat coming up. You know, it's going to be real interactive. It might get a little chaotic on the show, but I mean, you know, it's the Draft Season Podcast bringing you this premium content, this premium fantasy sports, this shit talk, and this is not a Tory Lanez podcast, and we are out. <laughs> oh.